All right, Cody Miller, we are live around the world. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me. This is the first conversation that you and I have ever had. Like, like I don't think I've ever talked to you before like this moment, which kind of blows my mind a little because of how prominent you are in the swimming world. And I feel like I kind of talk to everybody a little bit, but I just, our, our paths have not crossed yet. Well, we've had, we've had kind of small talk conversations, you know, not, nothing in depth, but, um, but I've obviously seen you, you've seen a little bit of me and then we know each other for, through swimming, obviously. And, um, but listen, as I said to you just a minute ago, before we came on air, mate, you're the gold standard here in, in, in the YouTube world, man, you're crushing it. Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, as you can see, I'm in my kitchen right now. I'm actually d designing like a little YouTube studio in, in my basement right now. This is, we just moved into this house and, um, we had this crazy water leak that like wrecked my wall. And so I've had to like put things off, but. Um, I appreciate the nice compliments. Hopefully next time we do this podcast, I'll be in like a real, I'll have a nice background. Like I'll have like a little flag behind me like yours and have a <laughs> sweet setup. So, Well, listen, um, I, I respect the fact that you've kind of, you know, created a path for swimmers, you know, in a way and, and kind of, you know, you've taken your identity and say, hey, this is mine and, and I'm going to do something with it and I'm going to kind of trailblaze in a way and that's what you've done and and look you've given me confidence to do that myself i've seen what you've done and i'm like man he's he's doing an amazing job so in terms of just kind of the initial you know premise of this and how it came about just quickly tell me uh, you mean like the how it all started or yeah how just like the idea of it why you, and then maybe how it progressed into what okay. it is today yeah sure no i thanks man um well, I grew up like a lifelong film fan, um, mm -hmm. big time movie buff. And so in high school, there were really two roads for me. It was like, I either wanted to go to film school and commit to like learning the art of filmmaking and particularly film editing, or I wanted to like pursue the dream of being an Olympic swimmer. Um, right. cause Indiana, which is where I ended up going to school, um, Indiana university, they didn't have film school. Um, and so I took that route and like swimming really worked out well for me. Um, mm -hmm. And then about a year after the Olympics in 2016, I was kind of in a rut and I was kind of just trying to figure out like what my next thing was. Cause as I know, you've talked to a lot of very prominent Olympians on this podcast before. It's once you climb that mountain, once you summit mm -hmm. Everest, it's, it's like this, there's this moment in your life where like, well, now what do I do? And so I like just, you know, did some soul searching and, and I stumbled across the world of basically YouTubers and vloggers and people that, that make content online, particularly in like a vlog form. And, mm -hmm. um, I, I, my, my initial thought was I'm going to make like a, a little swimming, uh, documentary, like maybe like an hour long swimming documentary. And in my research on how to do this stuff, I stumbled upon vlogging and I didn't know anything. Like I completely right. self-taught, like I didn't learn film editing, mm -hmm. nothing. So like, uh, after 2017 world, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to make a vlog and just like a video, just like make one cool 10 minute day in the life YouTube video. And just, right. just that, that was the only thing. Um, so I bought a camera editing software, a laptop. Um, and then my first video kind of took off and I don't think it was like horrible. I, I haven't rewatched it. Um, and then, <laughs> and it was just something that I did. I did one every few months and then it turned into something that I started doing almost every week and enough people started watching it that I was getting, you know, millions of views a month. And then all of a sudden I had this like, stream of revenue that I never had before. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, then I, you know, signed with an influencer agency and, and now I have, you know, all these sponsors and it really just evolved into something that is like quite literally changed my life and provided mm -hmm. me opportunities mm -hmm. and financing that I never even dreamed that I would have, but it was born out of just the love of like, you know, 
trying to learn how to edit film and then also incorporate that into like the world of swimming that I grew up in that, that I love. So. Well, I love that. First of all, it didn't, it didn't start as, Hey, I want to make money here. It, it started as a passion, which I think is so crucial to the longevity. And I think there are a lot of people who think Cody Miller's doing this, making tons of money. I'm going to do that super easy. First of all, really difficult, <laughs> um, a lot of time and energy, a lot of learning along the way. And it's not about the money up front. Like you're in a position where great, you're making some money now and that's nice, but there's so much time that you're putting into this and it's nice to get the reward. But you know, my kids introduced me to this guy named Mr. Beast. I'm sure you know who he is. Right. And so yeah. I'm watching these Mr. Beast videos. I'm like, first of all, this is, this is pretty interesting because usually some, some stuff you see on YouTube, you're like, oh, this is just nonsense. But I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing here. And, and then he was given back to the community. And then I watched a podcast with him and Joe Rogan and he kind of broke it down into kind of exactly the question I asked you, where did it start? How did it grow? How did it progress? Self-taught, all that sort of stuff. And man, this guy's, this guy's a genius. You know, he's making millions of dollars at, at a very young age, running a, running a huge corporation. Um, and I just see kind of a lot of similarities with what he was talking about and kind of what, what you're doing. So um, it's just awesome, man. I think it's just great for swimming. It's great for you that you found a, possible career type thing here and then it's and it's amazing for swimming because you and i are passionate about swimming we're swim nerds we're junkies on that and and we love that aspect of it so that's that's me rambling about you for a second well um, i think that's the most important thing like you just said that it's it's not so, like making a living on youtube and making a living podcasting mm -hmm. or doing any mm -hmm. type of social media thing is possible but it's extremely rare and, and, mm -hmm. it, and it is difficult and like you yeah. I, I watched that interview with mr beast and i mean it does just take a tremendous amount of work but it starts yeah. with passion so yeah. that is certainly the most important thing yeah well good stuff man i'm, I'm glad we got you here now part of the reason why we do have you and i don't want to get this lost in, in kind of people checking out here so let's talk about the global swim series real quick because you and i are in this um from what I understand, there is a whole clinic, a swim clinic that's going on before the swim. I'm coming on the Saturday because I got to work all week. But you're part of the um, the Legend Swim camps. Tell me about that up front. Yeah, so um, I am doing a camp in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and mm -hmm. um, I believe we're doing it at the Swimming Hall of Fame pool, mm -hmm. um, which I've actually never been to before. So like. You know, wow. my love for going to pools and like filming myself and looking like an idiot with a GoPro, it's going to be perfect. Um, but I am doing a camp. It's a week long camp, or I guess it's five days um, leading up to the weekend of the Race the Legends. Mm -hmm. And so essentially, me and I'm partnering with my teammate and one of my best friends, Blake Peroni, are going to be programming workouts, designing a week long laundry list of activities. So, you know, swimming every morning a few doubles here and there if people want it um outside activities you know we're gonna probably do like a beach volleyball tournament um we're probably you know, do a lot of stuff at the beach because we're all staying at this this resort that is basically on the beach so it's like part training camp clinic stuff part just we're in florida on vacation having a good time you know we'll do dinners together we'll do lunches together um if you yes. go to the global swim series website there's like uh, a template an example of what the week schedule could look like we haven't finalized that yet um once again I, I think that that is the week leading up to labor day so that labor day weekend is the race the legends event which is what you will be participating in which yeah. um is essentially you know come swim with us, come do the race with us. Um, there's a, a handful of great Olympians like Lochte's going to be there. Colin Jones is going to be there. 
Blake's going to be there. And um, so, yeah, if you want to spend a week of just working on your technique, working on your swimming, like whatever, what, and it's of all levels, right? Varying, varying abilities, as long as you can do a few laps, maybe you're a full-time committed master swimmer. Maybe you're just getting into it. Um, if you want to legitimately get better and, and uh, learn from Olympians, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're doing underwater filming stuff. We're doing all kinds of stuff to just, to just help people and also just have a really great time. Cool. Sounds awesome. Um, I put it in the comment section here, globalswimseries.com. Click on that. Like you said, Ryan Lochte's going to be at the swim. I'm doing the swim. I got talked into this thing. I got to start practicing here. So um, get back in the pool. Ryan Lochte, Cullen Jones, Anthony Irvin, Cody Miller, obviously, Blake Peroni, Bruno Fratis is going to be there, Brent Hayden, um, and and one of the all-time greats, Therese Alshama. I mean, wow, that's uh, that's awesome that I get to hang out with her again. So this thing's this thing's really cool, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, uh, globalswimseries.com. Get on it, check it out. Come swim with us. Come train with these guys. Um, have tons of fun. So that that's cool. There. Hey, um, what, what was your take on the world champs? I mean, you're you're sitting back. Where were you watching it? When and what was your take on it all? Yeah. Um, well, I've I watched unfortunately most of it on my phone because I've been traveling a lot. Um, I had a, a lot of stuff going on, and we just moved into this house, so there's been a million things happening. I tried to do the the swim swam watch party one time, and there was mm -hmm. so much happening at my house that I was like a little embarrassed. <laughs> it was chaotic. Um, my take: I thought it was extremely enjoyable because there was so much craziness. There were so mm. many people that weren't there. There were so many people that broke out. Just the yeah. timing coming off of the postponed Olympics, coming off the five-year you know, cycle, um, there were just so many question marks. And we saw a lot of surprises and a lot of, a lot. I, I, I had a great, like, I had a great time watching it, honestly. I mean, we could yeah. do a two-hour podcast just talking about all, all the stuff that happened. Yeah, me too. Me too. It was wild, wasn't it? Um, uh, you know, even even for in your events, you know, Adam Petey kind of breaking his foot right before it, having to pull out, um, and then you know, I guess it was a surprise in the hundred breast. Did you did you pick him to win it? I thought I thought he was probably the favorite to win it. Okay. Um, either him or Nick, because Nick had been, I believe, number one in the world off of the fifty eight three, his lifetime best time that he swam at the nationals. Mm. Um, but uh i mean man that italian he's been on fire like he's been killing mm. it so that was an exciting race um i think that the most impressive swim of the meet in my opinion was the men's 400 im i think mm. that you wow. know of all the events that you look at the world record and you think that might be the most untouchable or the most bulletproof mm -hmm. um that 4038 by phelps in the forearm is something that was and it was done in i think he did it in a full body suit or maybe at least the leg skin. Either way, no one's been even close, and he almost broke that record, man. I mean, we saw a few world yep. records that were amazing, but I just I, that was an event that I thought if you were going to look at one event that's like that world record may never go down, and here comes this new kid, and he's I mean, he's that was an amazing swim. A lot of them. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it? That 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 swim, and I think that's going by Paris, you know, if not yeah. in Paris, but um, and then there's the 200 free, which is another disgusting record, and you've got uh, Popovich. What's your thoughts on him? Man, you know what's crazy to me is just how beautiful and powerful he looks, how high in the water he rides. I mean, you know, you're you're a sprint freestyle yeah. dude, but he's so skinny. Yeah. Like his body mm -hmm. type. I don't know how tall he is. Do you know how tall he is? I think he's 6'6". Six, six. Okay, so he's large. So he's a he's yeah, a big yeah. he's a big boy. Um, yeah. but that swim, I believe made him the third fastest tuner freestyler in history. Fourth, maybe fourth, because you've got Biederman's world record, Michael yep. went 142A in the suit in 2009. 
And then I think Yannick was the only other one that went 143. Yeah, 43 oh, flat, yeah. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, that's that was a disgusting swim. And, and his Hunter freestyle as well. I mean, after his semifinal where he went 47-1, I thought, mm, whoa. Looking smooth, yeah. shot at that record. Yeah, and it did look real smooth. It just – the final of the hunter free, it just looked, it looked like a, a handful of those guys were just a little tight. The first like 25, they just think just the, 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 the bent up pressure and aggression of the final. A lot of times, you know, the semis is a little smoother, a little easier because it's just the semi and you're, you're not as worried about it. And then people are a little slower in the finals. And, you know, that's what we saw in that hunter free, but no, he's, he is a talent to watch for sure. That was, that was amazing. Quite, quite a breakout for sure. Yeah. What's your inside take here on, on Lily? I mean, a little disappointing, I'd say, maybe for her in the 100 and then comes out and wins the 200. Just incredible performance. You you know her, obviously, personally. So was there something going on there? And, and how did the 200 surprise you? Um, the 200 surprised me not because she won, but because I just felt like it wasn't a very fast event. I mean, 222 in the women's center brush, I guess something that we see pretty frequently even in season even her i mean her training partner annie laser who didn't qualify in the 200 for the american team i mean she'd been 222 like twice this year in like pro series swims so um but no the thing with lily is um i mean she's like my little sister she got covid um like a week and a half after the u.s trials oh, right. and then was out of the water for about 10 days and then got back in the water and then like two or three days later she left for camp um, which was basically two weeks before the um, before the world's event, and so I've talked to Ray about this. I mean, she was still able to muster together a pretty good 200 because I think she's just got such an, such a massive aerobic base from all the years of training. But in that 10 days, where she wasn't just out of the water for 10 days, she was out of the weight room and she was she was really sick. Like she had a really rough go with COVID, mm, um, and right. she'd certainly lost some strength and some power, and that was very evident in her 150 breasts. So you know yeah, that's what okay. happens. But you know one thing I love about her is she refused to even comment on it because she didn't want. She just she's not the kind of person who wants to just yeah. make an excuse. She's not. Yeah going to get in the interview after missing a final or getting eighth place and say yeah well i had covid so it is you know she she never she never complained she never said anything about it and you know i respect that a yeah lot. i do too and, and i also respect when she had something small to say at the end of the 200 where she kind of was like you know like i'm i'm here you know like i love that too i love both aspects of her you know like i i love everything about her in that sense like she's a competitor but she's not going to make excuses either. And, and it's all good. You know, like, I think we need more people like that. It's brilliant. I agree. You know, so. Yeah. I love her outspokenness and her, like her, you know, cause she, she's, she's, she's got a lot to say and she's mm -hmm. not the kind of person to bite her tongue. And I certainly think that swimming has it just historically kind of modeled itself a little more in the vein of like golf where people are just ultra professional right. and they're, and right, they, right. they don't really say what they're thinking or what they're feeling. And most post race interviews, nothing against all my fellow swimmers but they're just really boring so and boring. it's difficult to get out of the water 30 seconds later and give like a good interview because like half the time you're just trying not to die like you're just mm -hmm. trying to get your air but it's also like everyone's just very politically correct mm -hmm. which just gets a little boring and that's one thing that i was hoping like you know would would change with something like an isl where we could just make things like just a little more gritty and a little more exciting you know like i feel like yeah. you, need, you need to throw a little bit of shade you need you need a gary hall you need somebody to shake it up a little bit <laughs> yeah well it you just you need some personalities for sure and i think i think what we get trained in swimming is this is what you're meant to say right and it's like come on just allow the personality to breathe a little bit allow them to be whoever they want to be in that sense and 
And I think we're getting that more and more in other sports now. And I think it, it's allowing us to say it's okay to be yourself, you know, which is nice. And then you've got personalities like yourself who have total control of your own image and you're doing what you want to do with it. And, and in regard to that, how do you come up with your content? How do you figure out what you want to put out there? Um, that's ever changing. So sometimes it's just, you know, if I'm making like one swimming video in a week, I decide, okay, Wednesday or Thursday is the day I'm going to shoot that video and whatever swim practice I'm doing, like that's the experience. Mm. Um, and then the, the challenge for me is, especially now that I've been doing it for a number of years is, you know, as swimmers, we oftentimes, we, we, we live a life of routine. We do things that are very monotonous and relatively the same all the time. Small things here and there change, but overall the routine is the same. So for me as someone who is constantly sharing, you know, videos and chunks of my time doing those same things, how do I make this interesting, different, unique, um, and interesting? And um, so sometimes I have an idea, like a couple months ago, I think Lily said something about eating like a ton of McDonald's or or, <laughs> or Taco Bell before a practice. Mm. And I was like, oh, that could be like a really fun video. So we both got just a, like a ridiculous amount of Taco Bell, <laughs> ate it right before a stand-up set. We did, I think we did like 75s from the blocks and the, the, the goal was just try not to throw up. And I, I ended up surviving and that video turned it out, turned out pretty fun. It was like, you know, it, it did pretty well. People seem to like mm. that. But so that was something that was premeditated. But a lot of times it's just... Um, you know, whatever I'm doing that week, like what, what during this week is going to be something that could be interesting to share. Um, and you know, how can I piece it into a narrative? You know, it's me going to the pool, then I get to the pool, then we're in the water. Then like, what are we yep. doing? Then I, you know, like I don't want, so there needs to be movement. There needs to be flow. It needs to be somewhat engaging. So those are all things that I'm like kind of thinking about when I'm, when I'm shooting vlogs. Um, but I, I don't know, you know, I get a lot of, I get a lot of content, just ideas from people that in the comment section or people that will tweet at me yeah. and, and I'm like, yeah, that, that seems great. Yeah, uh, podcasts don't pay, vlogs pay. So I think I think your plan. I don't know. Do you have a plan to bring the podcast back at all? I do have a plan to bring. Uh, I am going to start a, a YouTube swimming based show. Um, oh, there we go. So yeah, that is that's in the next couple of months. I'll be starting that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The studio is being built. Yeah. So that's that's amazing. That's a dream too to have a studio and have people come in. I mean, I I hope you get to that level and take us there. That would be. That'd be awesome to kind of follow along in that league because I think that that's what a lot of comedians are doing now, right? They have their own little studios and they promote themselves. They bring on their other comedic friends and they all kind of build up their own industry that way. I watched that. It's it's super cool what they're doing in that space. Um, what else was I going to say here in terms of your swimming future? Where are we at? Oh, I'm well. I mean. Right now, I consider myself like a professional master swimmer because, you know, I just go in when I want to go in. I, I train the days I want to train and the days that I don't, I go for a run or I go for a bike. Um, but, you know, long-term goals, I guess, uh, as everyone knows now, the United States Olympic trials are going to be in my backyard at, uh, you know, in, in Indianapolis at the Lucas Oil mm. Stadium, the football right. stadium. Right. And uh, my wife is from Indiana. She's from, you know, 20 minutes away from there. And uh, her family grew up going to games. You know, they're Col lifelong Colts fans. And so the fact that the biggest mm -hmm. event in United States swimming is happening, you know, in their home turf, that's a really big deal. Um, and so I am really, really looking forward to going to that meet um, and, and trying to do well there. You know, like, is the goal try to make another Olympic team? I wouldn't say so. I would say that for me now, the goal is to just 
do the best I can at those competitions while still juggling all of the different things that I'm juggling, you know, running a business. I've got two young kids. Mm. Um, I'm building this. There's, I've just got like 30 different things happening right now. And yeah. so the, the lifestyle of the professional swimmer of everything that you do, swimming is in the center and everything revolves around it. You know, that's not my life anymore. Um, I do it for fun. Um, and uh, I'll just try to do my best with it. But um, I don't know when I'll compete again. Um, I mean, we have like a nationals at the end of summer. I know that Fina's got some world cups coming up. We'll see, but you know, I am just trying to do as much in the pool as I can to be good, but then also right. be really good in other areas of my life, which is a hard thing to, to learn and to balance, you know, so. being a dad, man, damn, that's, that's a big deal. You know, you've, you've moved into that next phase where you got, you got kids that rely on you now. And that's, that's huge, man. Congrats on that, by the way. Um, thanks. How, how do the people around you feel about it? I mean, obviously, this is a business for you now, and, and this is something that, you know, you, your family relies on and, and it's dependent, but the, how have the people around you embraced this as well? Well, I mean, the, the biggest thing was, that's a good question. That's something that no one has ever even really asked me. I guess the big thing, like my mom, who's always been like my biggest supporter, she came, she just came to visit me. And um, she told me after her trip, she was like, you seem really happy. You seem really good. Mm. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, what were you, did you think I wasn't going to be happy? And she just <laughs> said, well, you know, like you spend your whole life where this one thing is in the center of it. And all of a sudden when that changes, that that's where things get difficult because mm. I know, and I know that, you know, a number of incredibly accomplished Olympians who, when they transition into that next phase of their life, whether they're swimming a little bit or they're done swimming completely, that is oftentimes like an early life crisis. And, right. you know, my mom and people that are close to me were just worried, okay, like, you know, is Cody going to have this, this crisis, you know, this, uh, and, and somehow I've like managed to just avoid that and just keep my toes in the water um, and just kind of keep floating along and keep enjoying it. Um, but you know, everyone's been real supportive. So it's been cool. And Ray, you know, the coach, I still train with the college team here at Indiana mm. from time to time. Mm. And they're all super supportive because, you know, they get it. They're like, Hey, like, you know, you want to swim another five, six years. Great. Come in, train with the team. It, it's mutually beneficial because, you know, I can like promote the college team, promote right. the, you know, the facilities and everything. And like, it's good for me because, you know, I got coaching and, um, you know, I feel like it's, you know, we all kind of, we all kind of thrive doing it. I love that too. I love that Ray's embraced it too. It's, it's massive, man. And it's great. It's great for him. It's great for the sport. I, that's what I keep coming back to. It's just great for the sport, but it's, it's, it's awesome for people like you to say, you know, like I love swimming and I want to find ways to stay in it. And this is, this can be my way to contribute in terms of the people that supported you. I know that there's, there's people that are directly supporting you. I want to kind of just shine a light on them because, you know, Good on them for doing that too, you know, to saying, hey, I want to support this. So tell me, who, who are your supporters? Who are your sponsors? Um, my sponsors or like my family members? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, anyone that's decided to contribute money to this cause, I think is, right on, is right kind on. of a... Well, you know. um, I don't want to like run down the laundry list of sponsors. Um, I will say that I am incredibly fortunate and super grateful that I'm in this position to, yeah, you know, run yeah. this successful swimming based YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, I have dozens of, of YouTube partners. I mean, awesome. I, I, I just, you know, I, I have, I have more sponsors than any other swimmer on the planet. And I, and I, and, no and that, doubt, that, yeah. that is not lost on me. I recognize like how wild that is. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm super, super lucky. You know, um, I'm with Speedo now. They've been great. Um, great. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of great supporters. Um, but yeah, man, 
That's, I mean, that's awesome, man. That is cool. It is cool. And look, it just, it gives us another way. It gives us another choice here. You know, like I think it used to be swim until you can't swim any longer, then go and coach, you know? And that was yeah, it. Yeah. That, that was your lifeline of like yeah, staying in like, the sport. And obviously I'm doing something that's kind of wild and unique because I basically run like a, a TV show from bits and pieces and times of my life. And, mm -hmm. and I know that like, that is not for everyone. Okay. And I don't want people to like, look at me and be like, you know, that's the only way. Like one thing that mm -hmm. I hope is, is that, you know, I'm willing to put myself out there in a way that a lot of people are not. And, and because mm -hmm. of that, you know, that sometimes is how you can get sponsors and, and main and stay in the swim world. And I guess kind of stay relevant, but what I hope most swimmers will look at is like, there are other ways you just, you have to be willing to put in that work. And that's something that I, I talk about. I've talked about on other podcasts before. So it's, it's like, you know, this is something that was born out of love and passion, but also a tremendous amount of work goes into it. Um, and if you're willing to put in that work, I mean, you can certainly find ways Like you can, you can find smaller sponsors to support yourself, even if you're not a world record holder and keep right. going. like, it's becoming more and more possible now. Yeah. And, um, if there are swimmers out there that want advice, like I will, I will talk to you about that. Like, how do you find, fi find funding, find sponsors, those things. I will happily be a vessel for people to just kind of tap into and learn from because it's Dude, that's a great that podcast for you in the future. Do, do a whole podcast on that. There you go. I think this right is a great on. question here too, is like, you know, is there a commitment to perform? And I think, I think that the beauty of this is what you've tapped into is that it takes the pressure away from having to win all the time now for your sponsors, because now they're getting something else from it as well. Right. That's exactly, I mean, that's exactly right. I'm not, I, it's nothing is predicated on performance for me now. Right. Um, right. which is a very freeing feeling. It's more like, yep. okay, what do I want? What do I want to do? That's going to be fun that people might find entertaining and mm -hmm. how can me and maybe a potential sponsor benefit off that, you know, and that's, it's a fun world to be in for sure. So, right. Right. Well, listen, man, there's no one, there's no one bigger in the world of swimming right now. There's no one doing more positive things than you. Uh, congrats. Big fan. Thank you for doing this, by the way. I appreciate it again global swim series him and i are going to be racing each other at some point i don't know how this is going to go down but there's an 800 there's a mile and there's a 5k i'm not doing the 5k don't ever pretend it's not happening i might get to a mile but more likely i'll pull out of the 800 you know you know me but um have you figured out which one you're doing yet i don't know which one i'm doing yet i'd love to try <laughs> the 5k though just see how that goes um i i what you know what i what i'll probably end up doing is whatever blake peroni ends up doing because he's always been such a better freestyle than me in every distance, but he just had a knee surgery. So mm. he's not in the best of shape right now. So I think I got a shout out. So get in his head. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, I appreciate you doing this, man. I got to run myself. Uh, look, 26 minutes with you has been a blessing. Uh, Global Swim Series, get there. We're going to be at the beach in Florida in a couple of months. We're going to be racing, going to be fun as hell. Uh, Cody, keep doing your thing, man. I love it. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. See you, man. Bye.